0: Hey folks, welcome to You Got This. We are on our sweet 16, super exciting. I'm proud of myself for sticking to this for 16 weeks so far. (laughs) I hope everyone's doing well out there yonder. We can use this episode to celebrate your small wins too. Everybody wins here. So if you're new, I appreciate having you here. And if you're a returning listener, I'm happy to have you back. Just to make sure everyone is up to speed, You Got This slash UGT is a podcast where we explore authentic living, seeing things from a higher perspective, and how to balance taking care of yourself in the world around you. The U stands for universe or universal consciousness. And of course, it's a play on the word you with a Y, but you have permission to make the U whatever you want it to be. I'm your host, Asia Smith, And I'm a leadership educator, life coach, and intuitive healer. That's not a replacement for therapy. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you need it, please do what you got to do to keep yourself well, because it matters to me and it matters to the folks around you too. Okie dokie. So this episode features a chat with John Muldoon, um... I hope I pronounced that correctly. Sorry, John, (laughs) Uh, if I didn't. But John's a teacher and assistant principal. uh, And he's speaking to his students about the importance of being honest with yourself, practicing metacognition, and why your brain is really the ultimate influencer. Although the audience is young folks, his message and his delivery is something that I feel can appeal to all ages. I gotta admit, I really like this talk. Plus, John seems like a really kind gentleman and he's a really great speaker. Um, Oh, and in case anyone out there maybe doesn't know what metacognition means, um, this is literally like, just Google it and this is the definition online, but it's awareness and understanding of one's own thought Processes And if it's helpful for me to break that down even further, it's just a fancy way of saying what I've mentioned for returning listeners. What I've mentioned throughout the season about just being curious about yourself and why you move the way that you do, you know, why you do what you do. Um, And another cool thing is that John encourages people to be their own life coach. I absolutely love that. (laughs) Um, Self-love, self-healing being a noble leader, authentic living, independent thinking, universal consciousness, all of that. (laughs) It all starts with you. Anyway, the last few episodes have been pretty long. I'm very much aware of that. So I'm going to keep the intro ultra light. Go ahead and get comfy, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And if you'd like, be sure to stay tuned for the energy reading after the sponsor message. Be safe and stay well.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, okay, hi everyone, oh god, you're like a bunch of high school kids in the morning. My name's John Muldoon, Uh, that was quite the intro by the way, thank you. I am the principal of the high school here on the Pushi campus of Shanghai American School. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm also, I'm a little nervous to be standing up here today. uh, I've stood on this stage a lot this year and I've talked with a lot of different people. Uh, But there's something about that like red dot back there on the ground that is intimidating. And uh, part about my, part of what I'm gonna talk about tonight is about being honest with yourself and other people. And so I figure what better way to start than say that I'm a little nervous, by you, and be honest with you. Also, you laughed a lot during the last one, which I think makes the bar pretty high for me. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, I, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about, and I, there's a disclaimer here, in a very unscience-y way, okay, about the brain and about being very intentional about what you allow to take up space in your brain, and the kind of course that you chart for yourself, And maybe part of why I'm nervous is I saw our school psychologist out here. And I'm sure, there he is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure that the psychologist in the crowd is going to be very analytical with the advice I give all of you. So I hope none of it is malpractice. (laughs) Uh, Here's the thing. Uh, Our brains are supremely powerful organs. And we don't often think about how we're using them, right? I actually, I can pinpoint the first time I actually thought about how we use our brain. I was in sixth grade. So I was in sixth grade, and uh, I'll be honest with you, my family was going through a really hard time, a really horrible time, actually. And we were spending a lot of time in the car. So my dad's driving, my mom's sitting next to him up front, my sister and my brother and I are in the back, cramped. It's always a good recipe for something, right? And My father is compulsively listening to motivational tapes, right? Yeah, (laughs) cassette tapes, (laughs) right? Yeah, so he's listening to cassette tapes with all these people who are telling me and my family through the speakers of the car uh, how great life is and how awesome we are and how everything is going to be amazing. It was like the worst, (laughs) right? It, It was objectively the worst thing ever and totally not what I wanted to hear when I was going through some horrible things that I could not control. I'll never forget. I remember this one in particular. This guy. I should ask my dad if he still has the tape. So this guy says that the key to happiness is to talk to yourself. But not just like talk to yourself, right? To say like really great things to yourself. He's like, you should wake up every day And it sounded so ridiculous, I actually listened to it, right? He's like, you get up every day, and you go to the mirror, and you look at yourself, and you're like, you look good. (laughs) Today is going to be awesome, right? And he said, if you do this all the time, you'll actually get little voices that develop in your head that say nice things to you all day long. And so here I am, I'm like 11 or 12 years old. And I'm like training your brain to get little voices that talk to you all day long. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that's the mark of something not good, right? (laughs) I I mean, I I can't tell you how many fights we had about this as a family. Mostly started by me, right? Like, why can't we just listen to the radio like a normal family? (laughs) But I'll never forget it. Part of it is because we were going through what was probably the darkest chapter of my father's life. And he, was cho- he chose to listen to somebody tell him good things. It was a choice he made. I didn't understand that back then. So if you fast forward a little bit, I had just become an assistant principal in my life, right? So I guess we're fast forwarding a lot. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. And I find out that my favorite teacher ever, my sixth grade social studies teacher, is retiring. So I'm like, I'm gonna stop by and see him. That day, like that day I found, I, I drove to the school. I didn't tell him I was coming, I just went. I don't know why I did. He was my favorite teacher. He helped me through so much in that same time period in my life when I went through so much. So I, I just walked, no one stopped me, it was amazing. I walked right down the hallway, right to his old classroom. He's still there like he always was, right? I open the door and I go in. And he looks up at me and he goes, holy hell well actually that's not what he said, I can't tell you what he said on this stage, but he said something like that. <laughs> and he comes over and he gives me this big hug and he says, John Muldoon, I can't believe you're still alive. <laughs> right? And I'm like, are you confusing me with another John Muldoon? But, but he wasn't and the, actually the truth is that he was, he was right. Um, we talked a lot about it. He only knew me at that time period in my life, when I, and I get, I'll be tell you, I was so angry, right? And he, he, our parting thought he left me with. Um, so he's not around anymore, it's a little sad to think about. But the parting thought that he left me with was how proud he was of seeing me and how happy I seemed, because he said in over 35 years of teaching, He had never met an angrier kid than me. (laughs) And it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of tragic that I remember him so fondly. And I think about, that's his memory of me, of like all the anger. Anyways, uh, the change didn't happen overnight for me. If you fast forward a little bit, or or actually rewind from when I became an assistant principal, I, I was in ninth grade. I was in high school. Things were still not going well for me. I was actually angrier than I had been in sixth grade, which is saying something. Uh, I didn't have any friends. I, I mean, I was so isolated. My grades were awful. Like, I, I am not ashamed to tell you I was just about to fail out of high school by the middle of the year, of my freshman year. And I had this hist- history teacher, another history teacher, that took an interest in me. right? He's probably my second favorite teacher. Uh, Maybe why I became a history teacher myself, actually. And he was like a Jedi, right? (laughs) Like, I actually, like, I owe this man my life. He conducted what I can only call psychological warfare on me. He got me so angry that he tricked me into wanting to do well at school. I don't know how he did it. Like, I think about it now, I have no idea how it happened. But it did, and the, I mean, like, please do not underestimate the magnitude of this transformation. I was talking with my counselor about how I was not going to be coming back to school next year if I didn't turn things around, right? And, And all of a sudden I was getting all A's and B's. And I was being nicer to people. And I actually maybe was working my way towards making friends, right? Like, actually, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, the transformation was so severe, my father sat me down and he asked me if I was on drugs. <laughs> right, like, and that's pretty messed up when you think, like, like son, you know, your grades have just gotten really good. <laughs> and, you know, it looks like maybe you have some friends now and you're not so miserable to be around. Are you on the drugs? Right, like, that's, that's actually how it went. But this rosy period of my life was not destined to last because, as I think everybody here knows, you really can't trick a halfway intelligent teenager into doing something they don't want to do for too long. And so by the end of the year the, the gig was up and I had this huge confrontation with this teacher which, like, if we're being honest, was not smart on me to pick a verbal fight with a like, Jedi psychological warfare mind master. But I left the year feeling so angry and deflated and confused. And, and thinking, though, is the key word. I left the year thinking, like, how did this happen? And I was thinking about it because I was so angry that, at myself, actually, that I had let him trick me. And so I didn't know it at the time, but I was in search of an epiphany. And I wish I could tell you that it happened and it was amazing and it was like this moment that changed everything right away. And it was on top of a mountain and right, but that's actually, it's not how it happened. I, I was at work at this like horrible summer job. And it wasn't something that happened and changed my life right away. But I'm standing there, I'm at work and this mom comes in with this little kid. And he's got one of those like little matchbox model cars, right, you know what I'm talking about? So he's got this little matchbox car. And I hope you're ready for this. It was a model of my dad's old car. Like, the, the same crazy sparkly gold paint with the weird white roof. Like, it was, the, it was a model of my dad's old car. I could practically hear the tape of the guy with the voices in your head talking to me, <laughs> right? Like, my brain hurt when I saw that car. And I, I'm like, this is, it's all within a week of getting out of school. And I stand there. There's no coincidence in my mind. It cannot be a coincidence that this guy tricks me, tricks my brain. And I thought I was pretty smart. He tricked me into doing something I didn't want to do. And then a couple days later, I'm reminded of this other time in my life where someone told me you can trick your brain into doing anything. So I started thinking about it. There has to be a connection. And I know now, and we all know now, there is a connection, right? Your brain is so powerful. There are so many studies on your brain. There's a lot of studies on the patterns of thinking in your brain and the words that emerge and the patterns of that thinking, literally how you talk to yourself and the power of it. You know, some of these examples I'm gonna share with you are fresh in my mind because I was just reading an NPR article. But there's so many, you should look at them. 1911, this group of psychologists, and most people think this is when we first really started thinking about patterns of thinking. By accident one day they noticed, and I guess in 1911 it was like really fashionable for women to wear really big hats, right? So they noticed that women when they walked through doorways with these hats on, they had to duck and kind of tilt their head. They did it even when they didn't wear their hats, and they were like, why is that? So they studied it, and they figured out that if you have a pattern that establishes itself in your brain, absent a conscious decision not to do it, you'll do it. It's not rocket science, right? It's pretty deductive for us now. There's a lot of studies on it. There's another one about doors, oddly enough, right? In 2013, there's a group of scientists that are working with young women that have anorexia. And they notice that they don't walk through the door the way they were expecting them to. Despite the fact that all of them were on the smaller side, and the doors were double doors like we have the back of the auditorium here, they walked through sideways like they were sneaking past someone, right? Or squeezing through, despite the fact that there was plenty of room. So they looked at it. They added it to their study. They expanded the scope of their study and they wanted to figure it out. And they found that they had such patterns of disordered thinking in the brain, that it influenced so many of their behaviors. And the crazy thing about like how they walk through doors, and the crazy thing about it is that they had no idea that they had these patterns of thinking running that way in their brain. And they were not aware of the influence on their behavior all the time. You know, there, there's so many. There's another one, and then I'll stop sharing studies with you. There, there's one from the University of Pennsylvania. They actually found, when they studied football players, that by imagining throwing a football properly, you have a similar performance gain to when you actually practice it physically. That's crazy, right? You can can practice doing something in your mind and it has not quite the same magnitude of effect, but a similar effect to doing it physically is really unbelievable. Now, I didn't know any of this then, right? I didn't know that the patterns in your brain start being established when you're young. All of the messages that you all hear when, you're, when you were younger, all the messages that you hear right now, even the ones you're not aware of, they get in somehow. And the more you hear something, the more it takes root. The more your brain accepts it, even if you disagree with it. And these roots grow. And if we use the kind of vernacular from the audio cassette guy, that's when the voices start. Right? That's when you start having patterns of behavior influence other ways that you think, the way you feel, and the things that you do. This is why some people, and we see this, right? We all know people like this. They've been told from when they were really young that if they work really hard and they don't give up, that they can do anything. Right? Those people act differently than people that get the opposite message, that they can never do anything right. Even though they probably disagree with the message that they can never do anything right. Take it another level, and this is when, like, thinking about it, I wonder if I've really lost my mind sometimes. The voices in your head, if that's what we're calling them, they talk to each other. They're having a conversation in your head. I'm a visual thinker, so I like to think about it like, Uh, speed dating event, right? We're in a big auditorium and all these little like positive and negative patterns of behavior moving from table to table talking to each other. And what happens is when they're interacting with each other the positive patterns lessen the effect of the negative patterns. The negative patterns lessen the effect of the positive patterns, right? It's incredible, I mean it makes sense, but it's incredible. And this when you like look at it on a macro level Is why someone who's supremely positive bounces back from bad news much faster than someone who's not. They are less phased by a setback in their life. Because they have a lot of other positive thought processes that counteract the negative impact of it. It Doesn't make them less likely to understand what's happening, but they feel differently about it, and they might act differently. The converse is true. Right? The sweet, sweet joy of an unbelievable moment in life might be fleeting for someone that has predominantly negative thought patterns. Anyways, I didn't know any of this when I was 15, right? But I had listened to a lot of motivational tapes back in the day. So here I am, I am gonna conduct an experiment, I decide, on myself. <laughs> we have a scientist out there, right? he's like shaking his head, no, you can't conduct an experiment on yourself. <laughs> But I, I was 15, right? I'm using the word experiment and research very loosely. And so I decide I am going to get cool. <laughs> right? But not just, like, cool, like, ridiculously cool. And, and here's the thing. Like, I, it's really hard to believe I wasn't cool in high school, right? Uh, my students are telling me this right now. But the truth of the matter is I was so not cool. And I knew it. And that's okay. I, I own it. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going to do exactly what that guy on the tape said I should do. So I woke up, and, and so none of this is a surprise to anyone that knows me. I'm a very intense person, right? I woke up every day and I looked in that mirror and I told myself how amazingly cool I was, <laughs> right? I was like the best looking, coolest kid that went to my school. And And I, I, this is actually really embarrassing, but I'm gonna, my wife said I shouldn't share this part, but I'm going to share this part. I actually got blue paint, blue's my favorite color, and I I painted on the wall, across from my bed, four big letters, (laughs) C-O-O-L, right? And I'm like, I'm going for broke. And then I don't know if it's because I was 15, if it's because I was like desperate for something positive in my life, Or what? But after a while, I convinced myself that I was in fact pretty cool. (laughs) Right? Jeremy, our school psychologist and I are going to have to unpack that later. (laughs) But (laughs) And then something amazing happens, because we all know, right? Like, I, I didn't really change that much about me. I was changing the way I was thinking about me. But my sister, my younger sister, who by the way was super cool and always really popular, She comes bursting through the door one day while I'm sitting in my bed literally talking to myself about how cool I am. (laughs) And she just like can't take it anymore. She's like, you are so not cool. (laughs) If you have to tell yourself that you are cool, you are not cool. Even worse, if you have to tell other people that you're cool, you're hurting yourself even more. (laughs) And then, like I know she's amazing now, but at the time, oh my God. Right, She looks at me and she's like, maybe, and this is brilliant. She didn't mean it to be brilliant, but it it was brilliant. (laughs) Maybe you should not try to be cool. Maybe you should just try to be happy for a little bit so that we're not all miserable being around you. (laughs) Right? Harsh. So she leaves, and not the norm for me at the time, I didn't react. I just kind of sat there in my bed, like crushed, my experiment a failure. <laughs> thinking about how uncool I am, but also thinking like it's not that I don't feel happy. I also don't feel unhappy. And that was so weird for me to think about. And I realized, and I had never like thought about it, like my, my predominant emotion. My, like, real only emotion that I was consistently feeling was anger. I was mad. And, and I did the smartest thing I've ever done in my life, still to this day. I asked myself, why? Why was I so mad? And I went all the way back to sixth grade. And I started thinking about all the things that had happened. And how they were all out of my control. I was pulling at all the threads. It was horrible, it was painful to think about. And I I didn't pick up another experiment right away. Took me a little while as I'm thinking about all this. Thinking about how I was thinking, thinking about how I was feeling. But eventually I decided that I I couldn't take my sister's advice. I couldn't try to be happy, it was just too big, right? I was going to do a second experiment. I was just going to try to be thankful for some things in my life that were good every day. But, I attacked it with the same intensity I attacked trying to be cool. Right, so, like, I, I mean, I was an animal. I was thanking everyone for everything. Right, you let me borrow a pencil, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> right, and, and I, I mean, like, I would show up in your doorstep five years after you did something if I was grasping at straws for something to thank someone for, and I would thank you for something you did five years ago. And, and people didn't really know how to take me. It was kind of like, back when I had that rapid transformation during the school year. Nobody knew what was going on with me. Nobody could explain it. Some people actually thought when I thanked them for things, I was making fun of them. And actually, my dad asked me if I was on drugs again. <laughs> but something, this, this was like the watershed moment in my life. I actually started to realize there were so many good things in my life that I was missing because I was so busy being angry at everything. And I also realized that thinking about how I was always angry at things helped me realize when I was getting angry and stop it. And I actually was feeling happier, right? So while I'm going through all this, I start making all of these rules, like these rules for life. I I call them like trade secrets for not being a jerk, right? Actually, that's pretty negative. I call them trade secrets. We can call them trade secrets for like being a good person. And I can share some of them with you. i us share two of them with you. The first one is what I've been doing every day since I was 15 years old, my first rule. I give sincere thanks three times a day. Three times a day, that's it. Right now, I do it a lot more than that. But I give sincere thanks three times a day. The second rule is be great. And it's not like be great like objectively, oh, he's great. That's not what it is, right? This is something I subject everybody here to all the time. If you ask me how I'm doing, right, like ask me how I'm doing. I'm great. I'm I'm the best I've ever been. I'm living the dream. These are all things I say every day to people when they ask me how I'm doing. But that's actually not where it stops, right? Like, sometimes people tell you to do that, like everyone hears it, like fake it till you make it, right? (laughs) That's a lie. You're lying to yourself. I'm not saying I'm great because I'm trying to convince myself I'm great. I respond so over the top, so positive, because that's a signal to me. It's actually a, a moment that I take every time somebody asks me how I'm doing to check in. How do I actually feel? And most of the time, I feel really great. I'm an intense person. We've already established that. So I feel really great, and that's awesome. 99.9% of the time, I'm not lying to you. 0.1% of the time, I don't know. I say I'm great, I might not actually feel great. I might take a second, and I might look at you, and I might say, actually, I'm not feeling great. And depending on how well we know each other, I might say more, I might not. I don't know. But think about how many times a day you are asked how you are or what's up. That's how many times a day I think actively about how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. And next step, what am I going to do about it? Because if we don't actively manage these patterns in our brain, they manage us. And if you don't think about how you're going to do that, if you don't have a system or something that works for you, you're just letting it go. You're just letting things happen. I couldn't. Clearly, right, we saw where that got me in my life. I couldn't do it. So there's a couple things that go with this, right? I told you this is a very unsciencey way to approach it, right? Scientists actually have a way that they, talk. behavioral scientists have a way that they talk about this. And um, I never say them in the right order, so I have a flashcard. card. Um, what they actually say, is that the first thing you do is that you have to identify the emotion and the pattern, right? You have to recognize you're having it, and you have to put a name on it. I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm whatever. The second thing is you have to source it. It's not enough just to say I'm angry. Why are you angry? Where is that anger coming from? You have to pull at those threads. It's not easy, it takes time. It's pretty painful sometimes. The next thing you have to do is identify what you actually want to be. If you're sad, do you want to be happy? That's also not so easy sometimes. And then the next one, and this makes it sound awfully like you're a computer. You have to consciously manage the way you think about that thing and the pattern that controls those things in your brain. So that you like overwrite the bad pattern with the good pattern. the pa- old pattern with the new pattern. And that's how you go about changing the way your brain works. From a very unsciencey person telling you in a very unsciencey way. I used to call this mind over matter, right? That was like my mantra when I was growing up. Mind over matter. Today's going to be great, I'm going to make it great. But I don't call it that anymore. I call it being your own coach. I think that's much more accurate. We all deserve a great coach in our life. We should start with ourselves. It's hard work. Being a coach is really hard work. I've coached a lot of things in my life. To do it well, it's really hard. Anyone can be a coach. But to be a really great coach, the kind of coach you want, that's a lot of work. You want to be your own coach? Forget it. It's a full-time job. But it's worth it. I mean, my sixth-grade teacher thought I was going to die before I was 30. That's horrible. I used to teach sixth grade. I never thought that about any of my kids, even the ones that I was really worried about. So this isn't a system for everyone. This is what worked for me. The power of your brain is undisputed. You can't just let it do its own thing. You need to think intentionally about what's going on in there. And you also need to be aware, there are a lot of critics to what I'm talking about right now, right? There's a lot of critics for all the research that's out there. There are people that say that you're deceiving yourself when you do this. It's not really honest, and I have two answers for that. The first answer, is that this is all about honesty. It doesn't work if you're not honest, right? If you wake up every day and you're just trying to be cool, right, or you tell yourself that you're great when you're not and you don't think about why you're not really great and how you really feel, it doesn't work. So the deception critique doesn't hold up for me. But if I'm being honest with you, I also don't care, right? This works for me. Like I just said, my sixth grade teacher thought I wasn't going to make it. I was so unhappy and angry. That's no way to go through life. I don't want to say that thinking like this and finding this way and the system that works for me saved me from death. But it definitely saved my life in more ways than it didn't. And I'm so profoundly thankful for all the happy little accidents along the way of my life that helped me to stumble onto it. So think about your thinking. Listen to the voices in your head, and be your own best coach. Thank you for having me tonight.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Authentic Service Group, an organization empowering young adults to explore their potential and achieve success genuinely through virtual life and leadership coaching, community engagement, and networking events for emerging leaders in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area and beyond. For more information, visit AuthenticServiceGroup.org. No matter what life throws your way, you got this. Hey there! Welcome to the energy reading for our sweet 16. Super grateful to have you here. Gentle reminder if this isn't your first time, and a heads up if it is, these are general collective readings rather than being one-on-one, so it's possible what comes through may not apply to you, and that's okay. That just means the guidance in this particular reading might be messages that someone else out there needs to hear, and maybe the next one will be for you. You have permission to take what resonates from this reading and leave what doesn't. Before we get started, let's all just take a deep breath. Okay. (laughs) You might hear one of my dogs barking in the background. Don't mind that. (laughs) Aside from uh, the fur babies, (laughs) energy is all good over here. If you need a minute to get everything set on your end, feel free to pause and do what you got to do and come back when you're ready. I've already blessed and shuffled the card decks I'm using for our energy reading. Since 8 plus 8 is 16, I'm going to use 8 decks. So just a quick shout out to the artists before we get started. We've got the Universal Weight Tarot by A.E. Waite and Pamela Coleman-Smith. The Native American Tarot by Magda Gonzalez. The Sun and Moon Tarot by Vanessa Decourt. The Angels and Ancestors Oracle <laughs> by Kyle Gray. The Moonology Oracle by Yasmin Boland. The Daily Crystal Inspiration Oracle by Heather Eskinasi. The Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Oracle by Kim Kranz. And last but not least, the Sacred Destiny Oracle by Denise Lynn. Alrighty, let's see what's in the cards for us today. all righty get this party started (laughs) if you're new glad to have you here you're gonna hear some additional noise in the background and that's just me doing some more shuffling of the cards so we get random messages that fly out from spirit for our reading um i'm gonna go ahead and give a disclaimer (laughs) because i know for the intro uh, one of my dogs was barking, made a little bit of an appearance, but yeah, uh, I'm not recording in the same space that I'm typically in where I'm able to soundproof it. I've got family visiting from out of town. So just letting y'all know, you might hear some noise in the background, might be my dogs, it might be some people, but <laughs> just letting y'all know we got real life happening over here. So yeah. Okay. So I have one card that came out so far. I want to get two from each deck. So we have 16 cards for our 16th episode. Okay. Oh, all right. (laughs) Cool. So we have from the universal tarot, we've got, oh, cool. We have two major arcana cards. Uh, And this is interesting. We have the magician and we have the moon Okay, cool. Um all right. And and so for folks who are new, um we have tarot major arcana and minor arcana. And so major arcana cards are like the main characters <laughs> and minor arcana that's kind of like supporting characters. And that's where we've got the cups, swords, pentacles, um and wands. I was like, "I know I'm forgetting one." <laughs> and wands. Um and so we've got two major arcana here. Uh, Perhaps we'll get some minor arcana from the other tarot, uh, in this reading, but with the magician card, it's really interesting because what this typically means is that someone's got good luck. (laughs) They're really great at, um, manifesting or well suited for business. Uh, you know, like you could even, you know, sort of think of that. Um, And it's actually really interesting even seeing the artwork on this card. There's a gentleman here and there's what looks to be some sort of a halo floating, you know, over him. But it's in the shape of an infinity sign and he's holding up what I think might be a scroll. I don't know. But you can tell that he's feeling very, I don't know, I guess you can say sort of in his personal power, if you will. And, um, and take it how it resonates, you know, as far as gender is, is concerned, could be male, female, non-binary, it just happens to be a gentleman on this card. And then with the moon card, it it's interesting because with the moon card in tarot, it, a lot of it has to do with, um, mystery <laughs> and, and kind of discovering things. And so with the moon card being here, uh, you know what, what this could actually sort of indicate um, having the magician card here and the moon card here, perhaps at the start of this reading, as far as what the major theme is, maybe it has to do with manifestation of some sort and with the moon kind of being about reflecting, maybe it's about reflecting on what, what exactly that is, you know what I mean? So if these cards are really kind of set in the tone, then I think what's going to happen for the rest of this reading is that whether this is for you or whoever you're getting insight on, what that insight might be about <laughs> is what perhaps is, you know, kind of behind, um, what could potentially be on the surface, if that makes sense, which I don't know if it does, but I'm going to keep going through the cards and I think it will make more sense eventually. (laughs) So let's go with the sun and moon tarot next. Oh, all right. Too many. (laughs) There we go. Okay, there's one. Oh, there we go. Oh, cool. Okay. So we have the six of swords and we have the emperor card and the emperor card, um, came up in the last reading, but it was in the universal tarot, but now it's here in the sun and moon. So that's pretty cool. And then we have the six of swords. So yeah, we, we finally got a minor arcana up in here (laughs) and with swords energy that represents air. And so that's thoughts and mindset could also have to do with communication and then, yeah, with the Emperor card, that's that's typically someone where they're, I, I was going to say standing in their power, but it, in this it would be sitting, <laughs> kind of sitting in their throne. But it really represents um, leadership, in a sense, or an individual who's truly embodying that aspect of themselves, Um and I mentioned during the last reading too, like there could be a little bit of flash to it, like that, you know, like it, it, like someone who's in that emperor role. It's it's that person who perhaps is the face of something or the face of a community of some sort, um, and they're also a visionary, you know. Like it's not like the knight who might be out there battling on the front lines, and the knight is happy to do so. That's what they take pride in. For the emperor, they take pride in chilling in their throne. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, if you think about it, it's like really just kind of being relaxed and stable and steady of, of being in your power, which is what the magician card, um, for some, as far as how they read it in tarot, what that represents. And then six in numerology, that's related to love and harmony and relationships (laughs) as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think with seeing the six here and that swords energy, what I pick up from this is that whoever this is for you're kind of in the zone (laughs) from a mental perspective of of being focused you know like you've truly sort of found that harmony from that mental or mindset perspective so i think that's really interesting um yeah yeah whoever this is for um I think kind of behind the scenes, you know, and that's why, and the reason why is with the moon card, you know, coming out at night and like, it's, it's kind of in its own world. Like perhaps this is all what's going on behind the scenes. Let's see what we get from the native American tarot. Yeah. Whoever this is behind the scenes, like you're super focused. Um, yeah, you're I think you're just really focused on on being in your personal power and manifesting something. So so this is positive. This is a good thing. And if you're tuning into this reading and you're feeling, you know, just intuitively drawn that this isn't for you and it's for somebody that um you're kind of tapping into. This is helpful perspective. <laughs> Maybe, you know, with this moon card and with it being like mystery and stuff, maybe it's like, you know, either you or whoever you're tapping into, they're kind of like hard to read. And so it's like, what it like, like, what's this energy even about? (laughs) And I think through this reading, we're kind of getting clarity on that. So that's kind of cool. Like that's, that's how I'm interpreting this thus far, but that could change. (laughs) We'll see. It's taking a little bit for cards to come out of the Native American tarot. I, you know what? I'm going to call it Indigenous, People tarot, Indigenous Peoples Tarot because that is more appropriate. I'm just keeping it true to the name of the deck. But maybe if I say Indigenous Peoples Tarot, uh, Spirit will, will respond to me a little quicker. Let's try that. Oh, <laughs> OK. Well, that worked. All right. I just, oh. uh, OK, that really worked. All right. Cool. <laughs> Okay, so we got from the Native American tarot slash indigenous people's tarot. I I think I might even say that from now on. (laughs) We have uh, both upright. We've got the judgment card and we have the chief of pipes. Um very cool. And you know what? And we had the warrior of pipes in the last reading for returning listeners. And I've tried to go into a whole thing about how pipes represents wands and like the instrument of pipes and how one might think that it has to do with air, but then the artwork in the actual card didn't even have pipes in it. (laughs) Well, chief of pipes actually does like this actually shows a chief and he's in his teepees in front of the fire and he's, he's using his pipe. And I think because, is rather than being the warrior kind of out on the front lines, this chief is the one who's delivering that message. You know what I mean? So I think that's really interesting. Um, with this chief of pipes, we could equate that to king of wands and the and king of wands energy in tarot, that is energy and take it how it resonates could be male, female, non-binary, but that's a go-getter <laughs> that like, that's, that's somebody that's a go-getter. Yeah. And so that certainly connects to this emperor energy and this magician energy. So yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, behind whatever, you know, folks see on the surface that this is what's happening. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then the judgment card is here. So, so typically in, in tarot, I'm going to relate this to tarot, but the judgment card, especially when it's upright, it means that there's some sort of a situation where it's, it's resolved in a positive way, like in your favor. (laughs) So yeah, that's a good thing that we got this card here. Um and then along with the cheap of, the the cheap <laughs> the chief of pipes as well. Um I think what we can kind of get from this being in the reading is that also part of what's kind of going on behind the, you know, the or behind the scenes. Yeah, I was going to say behind closed doors, but I don't even want to say the doors are kind of closed with this, especially with the magician card being here. That's all about kind of manifesting and um, and, and like o- opening things up, if that makes sense, like being in that magician energy, not necessarily closing things off per se. However, with the six of swords energy of being focused, of course, that could kind of counter balance that. And that could be where the judgment card is coming in as well. With this six of swords of focus, perhaps what's also happening behind the scenes is really being intentional, thinking through, different situations and potential outcomes. And I think with this chief of pipes card, what this indicates for us is that there's energy here of someone who, again, is really, truly feeling in their power, I think, in moving forward on making a decision. We could also take the judgment card as that as well, indicating that some sort of a decision either has to be made or has been made. And with the chief of pipes, that's somebody where, like I said, it's a go-getter. You just gotta, you just move, you keep it moving. Um, and keep it moving from the perspective of like, oh, here's the plan. Like I'm going to do it. Um, and so I think that's the other thing as well. Um, maybe there's something in kind of in the background where, some sort of a decision had to be made. And, you know, that this chief of pipes energy had to be there (laughs) in order to sort of push through that. You know what I mean? So yeah, let's see what we get from, hmm, let's go with the Moonology Oracle next. Yeah. With the, with the indigenous people's tarot, it, yeah, it was almost like related, but kind of not. And I feel like every time I use that, Oh, there we go. Every time I use that during my readings, it it like, it always happens. <laughs> it's, it, it ends up being kind of some sort of a bridge into the rest of the reading or just providing like a random, you know, insight, uh, And I think it did that once again in this reading. I'm interested to see how the oracle cards clarify uh, the tarot for us. I have one so far from the Moonology deck. I just need one more spirit. What you got? Oh, okay. Well, I only wanted two cards, but... (laughs) with this last little bit that came out uh, and so I already had one card and then two more came out. So I'm going to go with the flow with that and just take that as spirit really wanting us to hear these messages. So <laughs> we have the new moon in Scorpio work through your fears, the full moon in cancer, a personal issue reaches resolution and the full moon, just the full moon card surrender to the divine. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. That's cool. I think especially, um, you know, we have the moon card from the universal tarot. And like I said, like that has to do kind of with mystery and we could even say all the universe stuff, you know what I mean? So I think it's cool as far as like surrendering to the, um, divine kind of being here. And also I think what these moonology cards kind of represent all together is kind of like a package. It's like faith. (laughs) Yeah in whatever way that resonates for you. I mean, this is certainly not a, a religious, you know, podcast it, in, at all, but it it's absolutely spiritual. So in whatever way that this resonates for you, it's almost like spirit saying, just continue to have faith as you're kind of working through whatever's happening, <laughs> whatever situation. And you're kind of in this magician energy of just focusing on manifesting, you know, perhaps what it is that, that you want when you're really kind of you know being this chief of pipes <laughs> kind of getting what getting what you're going after you know what i mean okay let's go with um hmm let's go with the sacred destiny oracle next Yeah. I, yep. I'm really feeling like this reading so far, it, maybe it's not even meant to be cohesive. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm truly feeling like we're just getting some insight into, um, what either has happened is currently happening or perhaps what could be forthcoming. So this is good insight. Yeah. And, and you know what? I also feel like, um, This is almost like a very real kind of example of what the healing process looks like or kind of like, you know, introspection and evaluating even to relate it to the talk, um, in the episode about mindset and, and how our brains work and just all the ways that it does have an impact on our physical reality. And so, yeah, I think that's really interesting just with the Moonology deck of work through your fears. A personal issue reaches resolution and surrender to the divine. Um, And again, with the judgment card, as I shared that that we got uh, not long ago, that typically means that there is some sort of a resolution (laughs) and it's a positive one Um, and positive, I'd say from the perspective of like learning and growing, you know, not necessarily like, oh, I won. You lost. (laughs) Because that's not universal consciousness. Yeah. So, okay. Come on, sacred destiny. (laughs) Okay. So, with the oracle. Per use is taking a little bit, so these are probably messages where, like, you really have to pay attention. You know, being in that Six of Swords, or, or you know, kind of dig deep to to really get them to be clear. <laughs> All right, we have one. It took long enough. <laughs> Still need one more spirit. Oh, oops, (laughs) I just dropped it. Uh, Okay, like roll up my chair. There we go. Okay, still need one more card, Spirit. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right, so from the Sacred Destiny, we, oh, oh, again, we have three cards. I didn't even, okay, so the first one that came out, I didn't even realize there was another one behind it. So I did all that. all that fumbling with my shuffling for no reason, but I'm going to go with the flow and take that. Um, And what's interesting is the the first card that came out and this is the one that had another card behind it that I didn't know was there. It's, it's standstill. And then the card that was hidden behind it. And again, just tying it back to the universal tarot with the moon card. Like this is very like typical of the moon, (laughs) just like, you know, something where it's just like, oh gosh, like something just profound, just like kind of, you know, being, revealing itself out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Um, And in such a way where it's like, wow, like you really do need to just surrender to the divine. And I think that's why this, that message is the full moon card um, in the moonology deck. But anyway back to the sacred destiny. So we have standstill and then hidden behind it was taking risks. And then the, the other card that we have here is diligence. Um, I think, I think these all make a lot of sense together. Um, I think this also relates quite well to the work through your fears, new moon and Scorpio card from the moonology deck. Yeah. And taking risks. Um, And perhaps what's going to create kind of that safe and brave space to be able to sort of do that as far as like what you're thinking through or kind of working through again, being in that six of swords and chief of pipes, um, energy, like these are like the supporting characters of (laughs) all the major arcana we have here. So heavy on major arcana from a tarot perspective, just for returning listeners, I want to put that out there, (laughs) um, but yeah, I feel like the, the standstill and the diligence piece, um, again, logic, very real. Uh, and this is what you need in order to have that balance. That standstill piece, what I'm feeling called to relate this to is really kind of self-care and, and things like meditation, hermit mode, really pausing, um, which is healthy, <laughs> you know? And, and I mention that through, you know, as often as I can. And then with diligence, That's one of those things where I've mentioned that as well. Like there's got to be the action along with, along with the thing that you want to manifest it. Like now what can you realistically do to either get yourself, yeah, well either get yourself there or create, you know, the environment to get yourself there. So yeah, thinking about the magician card, again, tying it back to the universal tarot and I'll also say the emperor, <laughs> especially with this standstill card and the emperor card being there, it's like okay, you know. You, sometimes you do have to just kind of sit, sit back, especially because this gentleman on this card, he's relaxed in his throne, he's chilling, and and you have to do that. You have to pause in order to truly be in that six of swords energy of having that perspective of considering everything. Yeah, that's that's independent thinking, and then with diligence yeah, diligence with, with thoughts. And as far as pipes and us, if we want to equate that to wands and fire energy and tarot, where you're directing your energy. And perhaps that's going to involve for whoever I'm picking up on, maybe taking some risks, (laughs) which is scary. Um, that, that can definitely be a really scary thing to do. But the way that you're able to work through that though, is by making sure that you balance out diligence with that standstill, as far as that time to really reflect. So you can be, be thoughtful <laughs> about whatever your next move is going to be, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go with, let's see, how many do we have so far? One, two, okay got three more decks left let's go with the daily crystal inspiration next oh there we go (laughs) two cards came right out for me so we have We've got Tiger Eye, Overcome Your Fears. Wow. And Rose Quartz, Open Up Your Heart. Okay. Wow. These, these tie in so nicely with what we have here already. Uh, tiger's Eye, Overcome Your Fears, Work Through Your Fears, New Moon and Scorpio. Okay. And then with open up your heart, take that how it resonates. It could have to do in like, in terms of relationships or situations, maybe it has to do with work. Maybe it's family, friends, romantic, you know, you have permission to take this how it resonates, but with opening up your heart. And I think, especially with the take risks card, uh, from the the sacred destiny and from the moonology deck, full moon and cancer, a personal issue reaches resolution. So yeah. Maybe what's also going on for the energy that's here. Um, and it's interesting, you know, it's kind of like with the emperor card showing up again and it was here in the last reading, maybe this is a continuation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can, we, you know, if that resonates for you, this could also be a part two. Cause as we know, we're all human and there's, there's layers. So perhaps not everything was able to fit into that one reading. So we got the emperor energy here again. And it's like, Oh, there's actually more. Than what you're thinking, you saw from me in the last reading. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that that's actually really interesting. Uh, like I felt called to kind of to kind of say that. Um, and again, just bringing it back to the daily crystal inspiration: overcome your fears, open up your heart. Like, yeah, um, I, you know, I, I think with being in the six of swords energy, that means maybe you're so kind of focused on that logic. You got to remember that it's okay sometimes to kind of let your guard down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I You know, I think that's a realistic and very loving message from from Spirit as well. Uh, because regardless of whatever situation that you're in, having an open mind and an open heart, uh, that is something that's going to be required to really just kind of maximize what it is that you can learn or grow, uh, you know, uh, from that given situation. Anyways, <laughs> um, let's go with the angels and the ancestors, and then I'm going to close this out with the, um, animal spirit, because <laughs> that's always fun to close out with. Okay, that was quick. All right, already got one card. Just need one more, Spirit. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, again, I uh, thought I had two cards, but I actually have three. <laughs> so uh, the first card that came out, it's the Guardian Angel. You are not alone. Uh and this is actually really interesting uh, the second card that came out is is the trader not a traitor but a trader t r a d e r and the message here is to exchange energy to create abundance and the card that was hidden behind that is, is the autumn card. We happen to be in autumn right now. So I think that's why here in the States at least. And so I think that's why that's pretty cool as far as how that connects. <laughs> like I take that as a kind of a message from spirit where it's like, yeah, like, but like this is real, you know, everything's connected. And so the message on this card is release the old and rest. Um, yeah. Yeah. And with a personal issue reaching resolution and surrendering to the divine that we saw in the Moonology Oracle, as well as the Judgment card from the Indigenous Peoples deck. Um, I think with Autumn releasing the old and rest, it's it, that that's part of the growing and healing process and really evolving. Um, so... Yeah, again, another very realistic kind of message and with the trader exchanging energy to create abundance and you are not alone. Um you know what? I I mean oof, and I even think with um overcoming your fears and opening up your heart. Uh yeah, there there's definitely some energy here in terms of kind of interpersonal connections and how maybe maybe that maybe that's a stretch. Um For whoever this reading kind of resonates for, like that's that's something that's being sort of worked through. And so, from from the angels and the ancestors, (laughs) these are you know reminders from whoever you have in you know your spirit tribe. Uh, You're not alone, guardian angel. Um, A reminder from the trader, exchange energy to create abundance. So again, like really kind of opening your heart (laughs) and kind of you know surrendering uh, to the divine, if you will. and then Autumn, release the old and rest, uh, yeah, so it 's almost like it 's okay to re- kind of release um, whatever it was, perhaps that was being held on to in terms of either some sort of a a, a card being up or or something it, you know what i mean i don 't know if i don 't know if you all get where i 'm going, but with this judgment card being up right, perhaps whatever led to this. <laughs> judgment moment and probably what led to perhaps like we have rose quartz open up your heart like maybe the heart was closed and like personal issue all this stuff like what like whatever it was previous to this this upright judgment card where there's a positive resolution like you know maybe there's some trauma there (laughs) Maybe there's some trauma there. And I think with these cards coming up from the angels and the ancestors too, we could also think about the potential of ancestral trauma, generational trauma. Yeah. So these are, um, I, I think actually really powerful messages for anyone to think about and remember d- through their healing process or going through any challenge. It's it, even if you are alone, you are not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it is really important, and I've mentioned this before, there's hermit mode of the introspection, but you got you to gotta balance and, and get out of that. So it is really important in whatever way works for you to make sure that you are kind of making those connections and and continuing to to get inspiration from the world around you. And then with release the old and rest, yeah, with this judgment card, whatever happened previous to that to to that, <laughs> it's okay to let go of it so you can really I think um get the most out of out of what's to come. In in terms of perhaps relationships and interpersonal connections, we Cups didn't appear in this reading through the tarot, and that's the water element, which is emotions and relationships, but swords is here. And so, again, what I'm getting is, you know, maybe who I'm picking up on, they're in this swords energy because they've had to be, You know what I mean? Um, and it, and I, I think so many of us can relate to that. Yeah. And so this is, this reading is spirit very gently, I think, kind of letting us know it's okay to release that, to really get the most out of whatever this next chapter is that's about to start. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how I'm feeling called to take this. Okay. So last but not least, let's see. Oops. <laughs> let's see what uh, our spirit animal Energy ends up being for this reading, and then we will call it a day. Oh, nice! (laughs) All right, let's see what we got. Ooh, we have the dragon and the panther. Cool. Um, these cards are so cool to look at too. The like the artwork, um, by Kim Kranz. I like. I really love. her cards. I actually uh, ordered a th- another card deck by Kim Kranz. It's coming in uh, a little closer to the end of the month, um, just because her her style just resonates with me so much uh, as it relates to her cards. But anyway, we got the dragon, <laughs> and we have the panther, uh, which I think is really cool because with the moon and you know being mystic and the magician, and with the dragon, that's certainly a mystical you know creature, but very powerful um also potentially intimidating but it's really funny because as soon as I saw this card I thought of Game of Thrones and for Game of Thrones fans like I thought of Khaleesi and and her dragons and how like her relationship with the dragon like she was truly able like she nurtured them like you know um she was able to tame them so I think it's interesting seeing you know for the final messages this dragon energy and this panther energy um i i take this as a final message from spirit of being like just continue to remind yourself of your strength and i think really of kind of the magic <laughs> that you have within I, like i think this is a great way to to sort of round out everything from where we started in the universal tarot with the magician and the moon and then we've got um we've got the dragon and the panther um And so, yeah, I think, yeah, this is, I think this is spirit closing out being like, "Mm "Mm-hmm." in the midst of all this that is going on, never forget, um, just how much of a badass you are. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's how I'm going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think with the growth and the healing process for anyone, um, it's challenging. I think quite often in the wellness industry, it, It's glorified and really and truly, and and I also think especially with your situation and resources as well, it ain't pretty. (laughs) And so this reading, I think, gave us insight into what so many of us um, are thinking about kind of behind the scenes and things that we work through and like challenges with interpersonal relationships and how it is important to really kind of see things from a higher perspective and stand in our power. Also stand up for ourselves, have boundaries like seeing this Panther card. I think about the black Panthers, you know, and like, really fighting for your rights and not being afraid to fiercely protect um I mean there's you know there's got to be that balance but setting boundaries is really important and also sometimes people got to understand like they like they can't fuck with you (laughs) yeah and so with this dragon and this panther here what I'm getting for a final message it's like even with all this that's going on like you're you are very strong you're very very strong so um just continue to kind of be in your power but don't forget through through all of this that you're working through to maintain you know just bringing it back to the daily crystal inspiration rose quartz open up your heart tiger's eye overcome your fears um don't harden yourself up too much to the point where perhaps you're you're closing out some of that uh, emotional fulfillment if you will but I think for right now, <laughs> maybe you're being called to maintain that dragon and that Panther energy because that's what's best serving you in, in, in this chapter in particular. Um, all right, cool. Well, this was uh, actually a, actually a, a pretty fun reading to do. I know compared to some of the previous readings on the show, this one was, I, I mean, things were connected and made sense, but it was a, a little more, I think, disjointed than previous readings. And, um, and, and, and I'm okay with that because I, I think that also kind of reflects real life <laughs> as well. Um, so, so I want to put that out there and hopefully all together, uh, for whoever needed to hear this, um, the message got through and and made sense, um, and that it was helpful. Okay. Gonna stop here. <laughs> I hope everybody out there has a great week and beyond. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk soon.